Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We're GND. We're live from Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria, featuring a double-deck driving range with top tracer technology, two, not one, two putt-putt courses and full restaurants. Some for the whole family. Visit rudysgolf.com. Rudy's Golf, the new go-to spot for golf and entertainment. We are thoroughly enjoying ourselves at Rudy's today. But right now, Danny, we got to give away some Wizards tickets to caller number 10. Ooh. At 800-636-1067, you'll win two tickets to see the Washington Wizards Monday, January 15th versus Detroit. It's Dr. Martin Luther, Ju- Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The Wizards will celebrate the legacy of Dr. King through a variety of in-game activations and recognitions. For tickets and the complete Wizards schedule, visit thefandc.com slash events. Congrats to whoever wins. All right, time for the Beltway Blitz, NFL Commanders, and first, the Capitals. Our buddy Mike Vogel. Caps last night, second end of a back-to-back, did not finish very well. Gave up a couple goals in the third, lost 6-3 at home to the Devils. Vogues actually liked a lot of what happened early in the game. Goaltending performance wasn't great, and then it seemed like they ran out of gas. What say you? Yeah, I think you nailed it, especially with the ran out of gas part, which is kind of what I expected. You know, it was the back half of their fifth set of back-to-backs in 26 days. They played more games uh, than any other. There were two other teams that played as many games over that same period of time, but nobody played more. And they're the only team that had to travel for 12 straight games over that stretch. No home stand, so every game was essentially a road game to them. And I, I honestly thought that they, they had, uh, to, to the start of your point, they, they had a lot more early in the game than they had late, which – uh, to, to me, bore out. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting much, especially uh, given the, the way they had to defend the last 20 minutes of the Pittsburgh game and then hustle home and, you know, play a, a really fast and well-rested New Jersey team. That one looked like a schedule loss to me, but uh, they, they definitely battled uh, a, a lot harder than I figured they'd be able to. Yeah, folks, that Devils team, I have no idea how they're not higher in the standings. They terrify me. That, that endless wave of speed and skill, and they put a lot of pressure on you. That's a tough ask for anybody, second game of back-to-back. But give me kind of a, you know, as we sort of approach, I'd say, what, roughly a halfway point here in the season, give me kind of a state of the union here for, for the Caps. Yeah, I think you're, you're four or five games away now, Danny, from, from the midpoint. And, and I think they're in the midst here of, of – what's going to wind up being kind of their season-defining stretch. With they got Carolina tomorrow, L.A. Uh, Sunday afternoon, and then the, the Seattle, which is really hot right now, and uh, then back-to-backs with the New York Rangers next weekend. So uh, really no, uh, no easy games coming up here in the foreseeable future. Then they have a, 
uh, four-game road trip ahead of the bye week and an all-star game, again, against some good opposition uh, out west. So I think how they, how they handle the rest of the month of January is going to go a long way to determining whether they're buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, which memory serves as like first week of March this year. I want to say the second or third somewhere in that, that area. So uh, I think there's been, there's, I mean, there's been a lot of good and there's been a lot of uh, head scratching stuff too. The defense has been better than expected. The, the scoring, uh, the scoring woes that continue, you know, almost to the halfway point of the season are, are perplexing and you, You've got to hope that, that maybe they get a little bit of a lift from, from Max Pacioretty, but, he, you know, he didn't, didn't seem to be able to keep up very well last night. Now, granted, that was the New Jersey Devils. They are one of the uh, fastest teams in the league, and, and, you know, Max has played all of, like, five games the last two years, so he may need a little bit of time to, to get up to speed. And, look, they were thinking the same thing at this stage of last season when Tom Wilson – and Nick Backstrom uh, came back and jumped into the lineup, and that didn't work out well at all. So how they handle the rest of this month, I think, is going to go a long way towards uh, determining ultimately their fate uh, for this season. But I think they're going to need to get Charlie Lindgren back. Uh, they don't have as many back-to-backs this month, so they'll be able to ride one goalie, but – I think they're better off having two guys that they can trust and, and roll out there and, and kind of ride uh, the hot hand. I like the way the defense is playing, but it's the same old story. You've got to find a way to generate a little more. I like what I'm seeing in terms of um, pucks getting to the net and traffic getting to the net, some movement in the offensive zone. There have been some positive uh, signs offensively these last couple of uh, games. And also the, uh, the second power play unit has really kicked in here. Uh, chipping in with three goals in the last two games. Vogues, thank you. We appreciate you as always. Thanks, fellas. Take care. All right, let's go Sit around back. the NFL with Nate Davis. <laughs> Representing USA Today on the Beltway Blitz. Nate, looking ahead to Week 18. Ravens hosting the Steelers, game one of two on Saturday, a couple of days out. Pittsburgh needs the game. Do you think the Steelers beat the Ravens? I, yeah, I, I picked him, Grant. I think I picked him 24-17. Obviously, uh, everything at stake for the Steelers, nothing really at stake for the Ravens other than to get out of there with uh, with all their, their players uh, intact. In um, not to say that they're going to roll over for their arch rival, but, you know, Lamar Jackson's already out of that game, and I, I think uh, I got to see a lot of other starters either sit uh, or, or, or just play a few snaps. So I, I think, and given the way the Steelers are playing lately, with Mason Rudolph, uh, I think you got to go with them. Nate, Bills, Dolphins, game of the weekend. Who do you got? Yeah, I got the Bills, uh, although with maybe with a little less confidence than, than I did uh, a week ago. You know, Josh, Josh Allen's a little, uh, you know, banged up, and you know, we kind of this. You know, I mean, Stephon Diggs hasn't, hasn't, you know, had the same role or the same impact. Um, of late in the offense, but you know they've won five to six. You know they, they, they've they've uh, turned things around since so they they let Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, go. Whether it was him or, or whether whether it's just that that was the spark they needed. But they've been a more balanced offense. Um, you know, gotten Josh Allen's been actually more effective really on the ground than he has been in the air. 
Um, and, and then you look at Miami, um, you know, obviously well, well documented their struggles against teams with winning records, lost, lost by four touchdowns up in Buffalo early in the season. And then, then you lose, you know, Brad, Bradley Chubb and, and, and your defense is all beat up. So, yeah, I, I can really see them winning, particularly at home and, and given all the weapons they have. But I'm, I'm still kind of leaning Buffalo here. Nate, at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of talk about Mike McCarthy's job security. He's done a good job with that offense since Kellen Moore. They're 11-5. and five. They could win the division in Washington. Does he need to win a playoff game to be safe, as was the narrative at the beginning of the year, or is he in a good spot? Yeah, that's kind of the million-dollar question. I mean, uh, obviously their performance in the regular season has quieted a lot of that down. Um, but, I mean, there was also been talk from Jerry Jones prior to the season that, you know, he needs to see – Advancement, and, and they've had two pretty spectacular flameouts uh, against the 49ers, obviously, the last two years uh, in postseason. Uh, I mean, if they were to lose in the, 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 you know, the first round to Green Bay, certainly to Green Bay uh, or whomever, um, I think that those questions would, would certainly probably come back uh, in, in a big way. Uh, and, and make no mistake, I mean, they, they've had a good year. I guess you could say that they've played to the strength uh, of their personnel, but I mean, I look at this team and I still see a team that can't run the ball um, and that has, you know, a hard time getting in the end zone when it gets down, you know, inside the 10, inside the five yard line. You know, I really thought that they, they fundamentally made a huge mistake not resigning Zeke, Zeke Elliott and keeping him in his role and keeping Tony Pollard in his role. And we've kind of seen, uh, you know, more they struggled in the run game uh, and things get tied in the playoffs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see um, how all that plays out, uh, particularly if they get a hot team like Green Bay there in round one. Nate, I haven't actually caught your opinion on this, so I'm curious. How should we feel about this whole Sean Payton, Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson kind of dynamic? How should we feel about it? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that, that, that you know, uh, a year later that, that Sean Payton clearly be- became the, the guy with the keys to the kingdom there under uh, under new ownership. Um I mean, I will say that, you know, Russell Wilson played a lot better this year than he did last year. Um, but, I mean, to me, it's always kind of been evident, both, you know, through the reporting, you know, my colleague Jared Bell did on his visit after see Sean Payton before training camp. You know, what we've seen throughout the year, other comments Sean Payton has made about Russell Wilson that, um, I, you know, I, I think we've used the term kind of forced marriage there. Uh, you know, Russell's played better, but he's kind of been, to me, he's kind of, he's kind of been the player that he was um, – back at the beginning of his career where, where he's, he's been an efficient quarterback, but not necessarily the guy that, that you, you can pin your whole team on, that you need other parts around him in a defense um, that, that can really play lights out. And he hasn't necessarily had that this year. Uh, and when, when it, it, that's different, you know, when you're 23 than when you're 35. Um, you know, I think a team like the Commanders or whomever could probably use a guy like that who's more of a game manager late in his career. But um, it, it's a pretty fascinating uh you know, turn of events, and, and certainly I think we're all looking at Russell Wilson a little bit differently in terms of, of his Hall of Fame um, future or, or lack thereof. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I don't think the, the, this story is over by any stretch. Nate, I need the Patriots to beat the Jets like I need a gym membership. Are the Patriots going to beat the Jets? I, I mean, I think they they beat them 15 in a row, Grant. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see how the Jets are going to score like more more than 10 points. I think the Patriots. Uh, yes, I think the Patriots are going to beat them, and, and probably, I think probably beat them pretty handily. And, and what may or may not be you know, Bill Belichick's last game up there at Gillette Stadium. That would be big. 
That'd be really fun. That would be nice. Good little send-off, including a certain finger towards the front office there that, that's letting him go. Whether it's that or whether it's not, you know, and, and I will say I think the Jets would love nothing better than to end that streak and maybe stick to them, uh, particularly if you think of the Jets, the team that in some ways started this whole thing when they put Drew Bledsoe out of commission, you know, 22 years ago, and um, everything in the NFL changed. Nate, thank you as always, buddy. Talk soon. See you guys. All right, we'll see you, man. Hit the Washington football outfit sounder. Commanders. Chick Hernandez joins us to talk about that very football team. Chick, what do you make of this entire Sam Howell saga where they couldn't play him last week and then he played and now it's fine to play him? Well, you could play him last week. You chose not to play him last week because obviously the kid was, uh, I I would say, shell-shocked. At least it looked like that from from my angle. Um, And then Jacoby comes up with a hemi. Um, So, you know, what I make of it is that why not finish out? Uh, Let Jacoby, who had really two fine halves, almost halves of football, Good stuff on tape. Everybody knows in the league what he can do. Uh, and let's throw Sam back out there again. One last time, the O-line hasn't played that bad. Um, we'll see if he can. Uh, Sam can act calm in a pocket full of Cowboys. Any issue with the commanders not getting any pro bowlers? Uh, I have none. I, I've always been of the, the oak. You have to deserve it. I would get, you know, if I'm picking one, I'm picking Tress Bray, and he wasn't the best. Hunter in, in the NFC. So, no, I have no issues with that because I'm not a participation trophy kind of guy. <laughs> I like that. So, what are we looking for here this last week? I know there's a lot of us that would rather they drop this game to keep that number two pick. Potentially, I know that coaches and players don't think that way. So, what are you looking for here? Yeah, well, I'm not a coach or a player. So, I'm looking for a loss and a number two pick. Simple as that. Uh, I, I want them to do what they've done the last few weeks, which was they've competed, they've played hard, um, just not good enough. Who knows what – I mean, are they bringing back, I don't know, Jason Garrett as quarterback? Who's going to play for Dallas at the end of this one? It's a good question. I mean, well, remember, the Cowboys have to win the game to win the division. So, assuming they, they're yes. not – I guess if they're up by 20, then we got to wonder, you know, is <laughs> sure. it Cooper, Cooper Rush or somebody else? But, right. yeah, they're going to be doing what they can to win this game. Uh, going into the offseason, now that the shift in the conversation is going to be if you pick second – can they possibly not take a quarterback and trade back and roster build? What's your thought on that? I mean, I, I wish I, you know, I'm not an analytical guy. I don't have all the numbers of what, what a top five quarterback does for a franchise or what a top five O-lineman does for a franchise, um, you know, what it all boils down to. Uh, I, I, I'm so uh, – I'm on the fence, you know, I mean – You've had great talent at the quarterback position, but if you cannot protect that guy, then, then what's the use? You're, you're seeing, and, you know, Sam didn't have the, the credentials coming out of college, obviously, but you're seeing what a beaten-up quarterback looks like. And I don't care if, if you're Johnny Unitas or Tom Brady, like Brady in the beginning, if he was getting just shell-shocked, then I don't think he turns out to be that quarterback that he, that he is, Brady uh, United, all those guys. I went really old school tonight. United, sorry about that. I know you guys were like were just a <laughs> twinkle in your parents' eye at that point. Not even close. Um, but so I, I, I just don't know. I just want them. And look, here's the thing: it, it's a different regime, so I have a little more confidence in that the owner's not going to come into the room and go, "I want that guy. We're getting that guy." I don't think that's going to be what's happening this time around, um, and because Josh Harris is 
is into analytics and all of it. I think they're going to make at least an educated choice uh, with a brand-new staff. Chick, who are some of the young players that you've kind of got circled here for this game this weekend that can kind of help themselves maybe for a new regime or going in the next year? Well, it's ironic. I sat down with, you know, Rivera on Monday. Uh, and this is just, <laughs> It sounds funny, but the name Nick Whitesides, because he's going to get playing time again. He, they liked what he did, even though he's coming off the practice squad. They liked what he did. But as far as young guys go, who, I mean, who's playing? I mean, look, who's, who didn't participate today? Kendall Fuller, Castro Fields, Jonathan Allen, Christian Holmes, Cam Curl, Curtis Samuels, Casey Tuhill all didn't participate today. Um, and four of those guys are free agents uh, at the end of this season. Um, so, uh, young guys, I, I, I want to see what, or, you know, what the, I almost got a Orlando Forbes. Emmanuel Forbes does. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I, I like the kid a lot. I don't know if physically he can handle what this league will, will present to him. Um, I, I know you guys talked about it. When, they, when you see him in person, you just go, there's just no physical way he can withstand the the, the, the NFL, um, but it's, I, I want to see I want to see that kid play well. I want to see his his confidence is there. I want I want to see him play well. Yeah, it'd be nice, and he's still a factor. I mean, he's going to have to play a bunch in yeah. the future with another regime. So you, no you got to figure that out. Uh, you're one of the few people in town right now that has the one on one access to Rivera regularly. What's his uh-huh. demeanor like at this point? I mean, he, he obviously – it's got to be weird because he knows he's not going to be here. We kind of see a little bit of that at the podium each day. But, I mean, what, what do you kind of make up uh, – what do you think his mindset is right now? You know, it's funny. I, I came into Channel 9 at the beginning of you know, the late August. Wasn't expecting to, to, to have that job and then to get the job. And the first thing was forget about learning how the computer system works um, we have the opportunity to sit down with Ron Rivera. Go, and I went, and I, you know, and fortunately, I was doing the the pregame, uh, the preseason games, play by play. So I met him, and he he somehow knew who I already was, knew already who I was. If that makes any sense. So my job was to kind of get to know him before the interviews started, and then and then so throughout the season, he's been the same guy. Um, he's only gotten angry, I would say, two or three times. Uh, you know, line of questioning and or just, you know, frustrated with, with his team. Um, and down the stretch, you know, the, the last one we did last this Monday, I mean, he mentioned a couple times, I've been doing this for 36 years. Um, and he said, quite frankly, you know, after Sunday, who knows? Well, we know. He knows. He doesn't have to say it. There's no reason for him to say it. He knows that he's walking the green mile. He, he gets it. Um but I don't think he's changed. I don't think he's changed from the standpoint of, of what he's doing. And, you know, and he was a very average coach. He is above average man. I'll put it that way, right? I mean, I think the people that played for him respected him. And what he did his first year, you know, and get, going through radiation and coaching, you can't – there can't be a player on that squad that goes, well, hell, I better just – I better bust my butt during practice because this guy's coming off the radiation to come be on this field. So I think as a man, I think he's well-respected. As a coach, respect's not the word. He just didn't get it done. He knows that he's on his way out. Um, and I think because of the guy he is, the, the Harris group said, let him play it out. Let's not be a, a joke, a, a circus, a chaotic organization. Let's let him play it out and give us time to figure out what we want to do. Chick, thank you, buddy. Really appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend.
My pleasure. I'm in Toledo. I'm calling the game tonight, and I'll be home soon. Atta boy, Chick Hernandez here on our Beltway Blitz. Grant and Danny on the fan. Coming up at 6 o'clock tonight, we got an audio vault. 5 o'clock, Hogshaven put together a list of some of Rivera's biggest mistakes. Uh, we'll go through some of those and see what we agree and disagree with. But next, Ben Standig of The Athletic with a list of possible coaching candidates. We'll file them into three categories. Extreme interest, some interest, or no thank you. That's next on G&D here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Your pals are at Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria, featuring a double-deck driving range with top tracer technology, two putt-putt courses, and a full restaurant. It's fun for the whole family. Visit Rudy'sGolf.com. Rudy's Golf, the new go-to spot for golf and entertainment. One more week, GP. That's right, it's Grant and Danny here on the Fanny. We are back one more time here at Rudy's Golf. Next week is our swan song. Heated bays. It can't be cold out there. I mean, it's cold when you walk outside. Mm-hmm. You turn on those heated bays, you're going to take your jacket off. They'll warm you right up. They'll get you sweating if you want them to. Uh, you can dictate terms on temperature outside. A lot of people just uh, go hit golf balls out there and listen to the show. We'll cat- you come in every now and then and say what's up or talk about sports and get right back out and hit more balls. So if you want to do that, you can. If you want to hang out in the sports bar, watch one of these TVs and kick it with us, that is an option for you as well. I want to get into Ben Standing of the Athletics story that dropped today on Commander's head coaching candidates with the search set to ensue here. And he went through a bunch of names for possible head coaches. So I want to go through these with you here, Danny, one by one. And – Here's how I think we should do this. 
let's have three categories. You know, when I'm uh, do, like doing laundry or whatever, I'm mm-hmm. sorting things into piles. We're going to put these in piles. Three categories are going to be extremely interested, some interest, or no thank you. And I want to see how different our lists ultimately look. Okay. Okay. So we will start with Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator. Is there an alert coming? Detroit Lions. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. A little bit late there. What if I was like no interest? Well, how bad would you be if I was like zero interest? I'd be crestfallen, but also. (laughs) You know it was a bet. Exactly. You know that it was a troll. Unless, like, the only person I've ever met that's rooting against Ben Johnson in this cycle is Chris Russell, and he hasn't even really been able to tell me why. Yeah, he's just – well, it's just because Ben Johnson's being lauded as a smart guy. Yeah, it's just everyone's saying one thing, so he's saying something else. and also, by the way, like, Ben Johnson, like, they can't stop playing David Montgomery. Right. Handing it off to, like, the bruising back for negative one yards. It's a physical offense. It's a balanced offense. They run the ball. He he throws to set up the run, which I like. I don't hate running as much as I hate – majoring in the running game, but we don't need to get into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ben Johnson, coordinator Lions. It goes without saying I am extremely interested. I'll put him in that category. That's an extreme interest, high interest for me. He is the number one most sought-after coach in this cycle. He was the most sought-after coach in last year's cycle as well. Actually turned down offers, Uh, not to be a head coach, but to interview. He interviewed a couple times. He had two other teams that wanted to interview him, and he pulled his name from all the jobs and said he was staying in Detroit to finish what he started. He's only 37 years old. He's in now his third season, halfway through 2021. He became the play caller in Detroit. He took over uh, for, I believe it was Anthony Lynn at the time. He took over play calling. They immediately got much better on offense. Last year they were top five. This year they're top five. His background includes being a grad assistant at Boston College. Actually went to the University of uh, North Carolina as a walk-on quarterback at one point in time. In the NFL, he started with the Dolphins in 2012. He's been mostly Miami and Detroit uh, in the past and now he's knocking on the door of a head coaching gig. So we both have him as extreme interest. Yes. All right, next on the list, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, Dallas Cowboys. I have some interest. That's the more complicated structure, right? That means you're probably churning through offensive coordinators and the like. I think that dude is a really good coach. I know he's a great defensive mind. I've watched him do unbelievable, really good, excellent things for multiple years, despite personnel being in flux, but I don't love the concept right now of a defensive coach. I have no interest. Uh, I think Dan Quinn's outstanding. I think he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, and I think he's a great leader of men. I want an offensive-minded coach, and I don't want to retread. Number one priority for me is to go on offense. Number two would be to try to avoid retread if at all possible. He violates both of those theories, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, for me, I will put him in a pile of, and there are several guys that I think should be head coaches in the league, deserve another shot. I hope someone hires him. It's just not for me right now. Brian Flores should be a head coach somewhere. Dan Quinn should be a head coach somewhere. Raheem Morris probably should get a head coaching job, but they're not going to get my head coaching job. Speaking of which, Raheem Morris. I don't have interest in Raheem Morris, and I'm wondering why I don't. I think it's because he's been in so many places, and that's probably not fair. But I feel like he's, he pops up on, on a new staff every two seasons and is always 
you know, uh, the, the it guy for a little while, and then it sort of it tails off. Plus, we have some head coaching experience I don't think was tremendously great. So I don't have interest in Raheem Morris plus the defensive angle. I probably should have more, though. I am putting him in the some interest category. He's one of the few guys I'm going to put in the some interest category who coach on the defensive side of the ball. My argument for Raheem is I think he's exceptionally relatable to players. I covered him very closely when he was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on the, the Shanahan staff that had all the head coaches on it uh, here in Washington when I was on the beat. Uh, everyone in the building loves this guy. He's super high energy. He's the kind of dude who's kind of got a, one of these infectious personalities. I also, even though he's a retread, I, I count his like retread thing less than some of the others. It was so long ago. I mean, people forget he got a job at like 34 years old. Yeah, he, it was, he, he was Sean McVay before Sean McVay exactly. as, a, as a young He had man, been yeah. the youngest coach ever, I think, at the time, or certainly in the modern era. But it was around 2010 yeah. that it's he pro- got that job. My stigma on him is probably not fair. And, I, and, and look, I'm not trying to get into the dude's business or talk about his life or anything like that. I'm not sure that he was ready for it personally. I don't know if he would say that or not. But in terms of you know, just being 33 years old and – you know, your lifestyle, and are, are you mm-hmm. working the 80 hours? I'm, I'm sure he worked real hard, but are you doing things 33-year-olds do and going out as well? I, I have no idea, but you're just a different person 15 years later than you were then. So I, I, for all those reasons, I would say some interest. I think he's high energy. He he's kind of comes off exuberant and young, even though he's now not a kid anymore. But the last thing I'll say, too, because he's been around Kyle forever and he's been around – McVay for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a pipeline to a lot of good young offensive minds. And that would be one of the few ways, I think, That's a smart point. that I could possibly get some real sharp OCs on a pipeline coming through here is if you have Raheem as your head coach and he's always got that next up-and-comer that he worked with under McVay or under Kyle, at least for a little while. So there's going to be a handful of guys on my list I really like more than him. But unlike Dan Quinn, I'll say some interest. Uh, next, Dave Canales who is the offensive coordinator with the Tampa Bay Bucks? I've got some interest here. I don't know if I'm going to say hi, because I've only got high for a couple guys at this stage, but I've got some interest. You take cast off Baker Mayfield and make him one of the league's leading passers for a team that's pretty pedestrian, I'm going to notice that. Now, they're not good. I'm not telling you that this is a, uh, you know, a championship contender or anything like that, but they were probably supposed to be, what, a four or five win team, six win team this year, and they got a great chance to win that dumb division. And it's been with Mayfield kind of having a renaissance year where he actually looks pretty darn good. The guy who's the architect of that deserves some credit. He also gets some credit for the Geno Smith resurgence. Mm-hmm. I don't know how fair that is or not because he wasn't even there. Um, you know, well, He was there last year. He was there in Seattle last year uh-huh. when Geno was playing very well. Yep. He hasn't been there this year, and Geno hasn't quite played to the same extent. But if your point is he was the quarterback's coach when Geno Smith – 10 years in, finally broke out, mm-hmm. like he's the whisperer for Geno, I'd be curious. And if I was you know, running the search, I would want to talk to Geno Smith about him for sure. I'm going to put him in extreme interest, believe it or not. I guess it's not that surprising. He's a quarterback whispering offensive mind. He's also not old. Like if you're young and you're a play caller, I kind of dig you. He's 42 years old, California native, started as a high school coordinator back in 04 and 05, uh, went to El Camino College, then was at USC as a strength coach, it's been in Seattle, wide receivers, quarterbacks, pass game, and now the OC and play caller in Tampa. The other cool thing about him as a candidate, I would say, they have a defensive-minded head coach in Tampa, in Todd Bowles, so he got to do a lot. You know, it's kind of the anti-BNME, anti 
like Frank Smith thing in Miami under Mike McDaniel where not only are you calling plays, which those guys don't get to do, you're kind of running half of a building. Uh-huh. Like Todd Bowles is not necessarily breathing on the back of your neck to tell you what he wants done on offense. So I think Canales probably had a lot of say and influence on offensive personnel as well. So I'll put him in extreme interest. Uh, Lou Anaromo, the longtime defensive coordinator, who's 57 years old, helped get the Bengals to the AFC Championship uh, in 2021, and uh, another big season for them last year before Burrow got hurt this year. Zero interest. And I think this guy's a really good defensive coordinator. I think he's one of those underrated names that doesn't get enough credit. Uh, it's never sexy. It's never the headliner. He's not given like Rex Ryan type quotes or Rob Ryan quotes or or whatever. But he to me is the quintessential defensive coordinator. He's the guy that I I'd probably you know if I'm a young head coach I would call that guy to try to be my DC and maybe make him an associate head coach or something to elevate the title. But I don't have interest in him. And I, again, I, it's probably not fair to him. Mike McDonald. Oh, I guess I should answer. It's kind of obvious for me. You won't answer. Uh, no interest. Are you a 60-ish year old former defensive coordinator? Yeah. Sorry about your luck. Not really for me. Uh, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. 36 years old. First year as a DC. He has become one of the talks of the NFL because this Ravens defense is having a season that is one of the most impressive statistically that we've seen in the league in years and years and years. Uh, Mike McDonald was a DB's coach with the Ravens in 17, linebackers 18 through 20 under Dean Pease and some of their really good D coordinators over the years. He left and went to Michigan for a year, worked for the other Harbaugh, then came back as the coordinator of the Ravens after coordinating the Wolverines last season. Again, 36, one of the hottest candidates in all of football. I should put him in the extremely interested, but again, I'm offense over defense, Mm -hmm. so I'll put him at the very top of some interest. He's extreme for me. Very high. This is the kind of the new Mike Tomlin type figure to me. A rock star who is going to have a defense that leads the league in takeaways, sacks, and points allowed for the first time in NFL history as a 36-year-old who is rocking it up through, through a staff from a really good culture in Baltimore. I know it's not the ideal setup because he's not an offensive mind, and you're going to lose OCs over the years, but that dude seems superstar coaching candidate uh, written all over it. All right, so we're working our way through all of the main candidates named in Ben Standig's piece in The Athletic for the commander's head coaching vacancy that we're expecting to come open on Monday after the season ends. About halfway through the list, so we'll continue to go through the names. We're sorting them into candidates that were extremely interested, somewhat interested, or not interested in at all. Uh, Do you agree or disagree with us so far? on the names that are being brought up. And what would you say your list of guys you're extremely interested looks like? We'll get into that as we continue on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. Grant and Eddie here at Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria. Hanging out with you until, what, 6.30, give or take? I mean, within a few minutes, we might head out a minute or two early. We will be here. We'll be here. All the way up. All the way up to 6.30. Uh, come hang out with us, hit some golf balls, drink some beer, eat some fried food stuffs, just like your pals have. One more week to hang with us at Rudy's Golf. 70-plus bays to drive balls from, two putt-putt courses, full restaurant, Fun for everybody in the family. Uh, we're going through a piece in The Athletic by Ben Standing, who covers the Commanders. We are making our list and checking it twice. We're going to find out who's competent or not. I don't know. I can't keep doing the poll. <laughs> going to find sure. out who coaches on offense. <laughs> who should be replaced on Black Monday. Uh, Brian Callahan is next here. The, the game is extremely interested, some interest, or not interested at all. Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator of the Bengals, under Zach Taylor the last few years as Joe Burrow became a superstar, gets a lot of credit, not for the play calling, which is Taylor's, but Callahan's work and scheming and development of Burrow is kind of his calling card. Burrow won, but this Browning situation is 1A. Basically taking a guy point. that nobody else wanted and having them very much alive in a playoff hunt when everyone thought their season was over. That's got me really interested. I know the lineage. I know his dad would have handed it off uh, every time if he could have, and he even tried to do that. His, his dad's Bill Callahan, who was here. He was a longtime O-line coach, coach of the Raiders when they went to the Super Bowl, and has been in the league forever. I know the lineage, and I know it's probably not fair. I mean, I know what I thought of Brian Schottenheimer, uh, just simply based on his dad and wanting to ground and pound, but I am very interested in Brian Callahan. Yeah, that acts some kind of a lived, too. I mean, he's mm-hmm. now the coordinator. You know where Brian Callahan is right now. Is he Dallas? He is in Dallas, yeah. where they can't run the ball at all. But uh, it's kind of a weird fit for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Callahan, though, prior to the Bengals' OC job, was the Raiders quarterback's coach in 18. Lions quarterback's coach with Stafford in 16 and 17. In those years, they threw the ball a lot. And has been in Denver with the Broncos as well. Um, all right, so I'm going to say extremely interested. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty predictable here. Again, I'm just checking boxes. Mm-hmm. Are you young? Have you had a job before? Are you ascending? Have you called plays would be a nice bonus. But have you been in the room with someone who does a really good job doing that? And are you on the offensive side of the ball? So Brian Callahan skyrockets up my list into the extremely interested pile, the 39-year-old native of Champaign, Illinois. Uh, Next, and we're just going in the order of how they're listed here on Ben Standing's piece in The Athletic, Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator, Texans. I am not interested, and I probably should be. There's, it's too much neophyte to me. It's too much one year on the job. I know the results have been outstanding with what's going on down there in Houston. Guys that we thought, you know, we C.J. Stroud we knew, but, yeah, who, who's Tank Dell really, and who's Nico Collins really? Now we think of those guys as good players, and Slowick obviously deserves a lot of credit for that, especially with the defensive head coach. It's been his ship that he's run. It just, it just feels not the right time for me. There are too many stories from a couple of years ago from 
uh, when a lot of you guys were on the beat that I've heard that just makes me feel like it's it's not quite time yet. Uh, it's probably, again, not fair to him, but I, I'm not quite ready to go down the slow road. I am putting him in the extremely interested category, regrettably, because as you said, like I don't have a better comp. I hate this analogy already, but it's like just knowing too much, right? Like when you grow up across the street, from like a, a girl that you always had a crush on forever, but you remember everyone she's dated, and her, you know, you, you just you know, she dated my buddy in ninth grade, and then she, my my uh, other buddy had a crush on her in tenth grade, and she had a crush on him, and it it just feels different than when you just meet someone when you're 25 and you don't know everything that has happened, right? In this case, when it comes to Bobby Slowick, I saw him as an assistant linebackers coach who would like go get Brian Arakpo sunflower seeds, who was the son of Bob Slowick, who at the time was not thought of as some great coach, but rather just kind of like a buddy of Mike Shanahan's. Here's the difference, though. Bobby Slowick, that was back, again, a decade ago. He's followed Kyle Shanahan around. He's learned the game from Kyle. He's coached offense at a high level in San Francisco as a pass game coordinator. Now he's gone to Houston, and he gets receivers open. Guys like Nico Collins have yep. big years. Tank Dell had a monster year. C.J. Stroud was incredible. Is it possible that C.J. Stroud – it's just excellent. He carried Bobby Slowick. Yeah, sure. Uh, do I think he should have to wait a year or do it again? Is it too soon? Yeah, all those things are probably true. But I also think you don't get to hire a coach next year or the year after. Like, if you're convinced that eventually Bobby Slowick could be a great head coach, then hiring him now is, is okay. Um, he's not at the top of my list. I'd rather hire Ben Johnson. I'd rather hire Frank Smith, Miami. You know, maybe a guy like Canales or Callahan might outshine him in an interview. But – I'm putting together my list of guys I'm extremely interested in interviewing. Uh-huh. He would be one of them. Outstanding list, Steve Wilkes, coordinator with the Niners. He's coaching their defense. That is a no for me. Again, we're talking about a retread defensive coordinator in the 54-year-old. He's done a good job, but so has everyone that's been there. Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryans, who's a star now in Houston. 49ers ranked second in points allowed per game, seventh in yards surrendered, sixth in pressures per pass rush. They've had a really good year. He's a good coach, and he's gotten a raw deal, but it's not for me. And, it's, it's, again, it's probably unfair. Jim Harbaugh, head coach, Michigan. Hardest pass for me. Um, he's they, a winner, dude. All he's ever done is win. Every, everywhere he goes, he wins. He's a leader of men. Why, are you, why is it such a hard pass? It, I know what it would take. There's no way he'll just go, oh, sure, whatever the GM says is fine. Now, there should be some disagreement. It's healthy. I mean, I know the legends of, of, of Gibbs and Beathard. But if it's Jim Harbaugh, it's the Jim Harbaugh show. From start to finish, everything is Harbaugh. I find him so off-putting and so annoying. I know he's won everywhere. Feels coach-centric-y. But, if, yeah, eventually to me the, the, the buzzer's going to run out, you know, like where he's so abrasive and the, the world has changed around him and he's not adjusting with it. He's just making big, wild uh, uh, gesticulations on the sideline when somebody screws up, and it feels like, you know, two or three years, so he'll go, you know, Nick's full Nick Saban to go back to a college program for $25 bucks a year. I want, I want my Mike Tomlin. That's what I want. I don't think he's him. I think that's a good way to put it. For me, I'm saying some interest. He's really good. I mean, he, he, yeah. he would probably have success eventually. I, I just don't see a path to a GM empowered to run the team if he's your head coach, which is why I can't say extreme interest. I also personally, like you said, my, my reactions to him emotionally when I see him generally are negative. So I don't love it, but I could get to – like him as he wins football games pretty easily. Uh, also listed here, Eric Bieniemy. I would say no to Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I just the how thing fell apart at the seams. 
It's an old-school philosophy that I think doesn't really mesh well with players. He should have had a head coaching job already. He's had a raw deal, in my opinion. Same here. Uh, but I hope someone hires him. It's, I'm just – it's not going to be me after this season here in Washington the way that it went. Agreed. The way, the way this season has gone has kind of moved that to zero interest for me. Not pictured, and I'm going to ask Standard why. I'm going to have to text him. Is Frank Smith. No Frank I, Smith or Shane Waldron, by the way. Shane Waldron, who doesn't come up necessarily as much, but is a coordinator that a lot of people like in Seattle, obviously, right now as the OC there. Um, I would have both Shane Waldron and Frank Smith on my very interested list. Um, Waldron would be closer maybe to, like, the kind of interested. But I guess my top candidates in order would be Ben Johnson, one, Frank Smith, two, and then I would, in whatever order, like, after that, there's no ranking here, Canales, Callahan, Slowick, and maybe then you get into the young DCs, Ajiro Evero, who Ben didn't list for some reason, and Mike McDonald, who he didn't list. Yeah, so or he did list rather. Yeah, I, I'd I'd still probably say Johnson one. Um, McDonald might be two for me. Just give it from from this list. I, I just I think that guy is a superstar. I, I think this is the next great head coach in waiting. Born he, leader, excellent defense. I know it's a tougher. You're bringing a lot on yourself. I know it's tougher if you go D. But I think it's just it's it also solves a lot of stuff. He's got to be great. But if he's Tomlin now, you're you're hooked. And that's kind of my point. Is yeah. I, I just I, I covet that. Culture, consistency, excellence, coming from a winning program, sort of raised in, in – he went to – he played for both Harbaugh's, but not played for – coached under both Harbaugh's at Michigan for, for Jim and then back for John, has risen up rapidly, controls one of the best defenses in the sport. That It's basically like, yeah, we'll pick up Jadavion Clowney and lead the league in sacks. They're fantastic. I love him. Uh, and then oh, Waldron Hang on, Smith hang on, because I want to go – I'm going to do our top fives, mm-hmm. so we'll do that next. But here's the, the topic on the phones. I, I don't like asking for a top five. It gets too complicated. You're driving in your car. Mm-hmm. Give me the guy who you hope they hire and the guy whose name that comes up that you do not want them to hire. Like, what would you be pumped with and what would you be upset about of the names that float around the most? 800-636-1067. That's 800-636-1067. And you and I can do our top fives. All right. We'll do that next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan Live from Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 